Welcome back, Sunbeams. I hope this week has taken you to new levels, new perspectives, and new ways to cope with the hardships of life. I know that for me, this week has not only brought in strong winds, but required a lot more energy. This week was challenging and exhausting. It took all of me to feel centered, peaceful, and calm. But the good news is my mom is out of the hospital. Yay, I'm so happy and on the road to recovery. And it couldn't have been done without your prayers, support, well wishes, and strength. So thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Sunbeam community, a place of healing, light, and gentle comfort. Come on, let's relax and connect. I wanted to do something different and start this podcast with a spirit of gratitude. So I'll share a few things and then I want to encourage you to reflect and write down what you're grateful for. Let's begin. I'm grateful for my mom's health. It's always so hard to see the ones you love suffering. So I'm especially grateful when she's doing well. I'm grateful for a safe space. I'm grateful for a job. I'm grateful for the time I get to share with people. I'm grateful for the way I think, enough to calm my raging anxieties. I'm grateful for the smile and spirit God has placed within me. I'm grateful for the stranger this week who I locked eyes with for just a moment, a gentle gesture of connectivity. I'm grateful for good food and good friends. I'm especially grateful for the opportunity I had to go on a mini road trip in the middle of a work week. I finished work early on this particular day and my anxiety was higher than usual, weighed down by all the worries of my personal life. And I remember driving with tight shoulders, a stiff neck, and practically squirming out of my seat with discomfort. I couldn't get out of my head. So I decided to start driving. I couldn't stop replaying every what-if possibility like it was doomsday. So instead of driving straight from work, I deviated off the path and made a turn and headed for the mountains. When my mind usually becomes convoluted with existential angst and all type of phobias and worries and what I call tiny tornadoes, it means it's time for a change, a variation of something. I need light and pleasant. Driving through these mountains was just what I needed. The beauty was ethereal, brilliant. Like, I can't even begin to describe the majesticness of these landforms. The shades of dull penny brown mixed with the autumn-rich warm pecan felt like I was experiencing a painting, like actually inside a painting, or cruising through the ashes of nature. I was just enclosed by mountains on both sides, So it felt like I was in God's hand, in the most literal sense. There was a stillness and peace 
that nature brought that my mind couldn't. A certain reference in a place of such uncertainty. A leaf carried in the currents of the wind. I don't know, it gave me a profound sense of trust as the yellow lines of the road curved following the mountains. You see, because I had no particular destination in mind, so I had to trust the process that every turn was safe, every corner was safe, and I just kept going. Just Montel fish in the echoes of my mind, in a sacristy of quiet. I loved the way the trees leaned into the road, branches whispering like butterflies, and peaks and rock settlements chipped in a unique and rugged form. As if time had wrote its story carved in the metamorphic rock. The best part was as I continued to drive, it was as if the sky and land parted. It was such a beautiful scene, opening up to a breathtaking overview of the ocean. And all I could see was blue waves in my mirror. And for those who of you who are wondering, where in the world were you driving? This was Topanga Mountains in California. Which brings me to my topic today, trust when you have anxiety. I think there's something you guys need to know. Yes, I have a calm voice. Yes, I am a pretty calm person externally, <laughs> but internally, I worry a lot. I don't know when this lack of trust first started with people, with the world, with just every part of my foundation. But my mind is like a gerbil wheel. It just keeps going and going. It's the constant rotation of what if, what is that? I worry about everything. And yes, it's gotten a lot better as I go through therapy and I start to do mindful practices, but it's still there. I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but the best way to describe my anxiety is like cinematic chaos coupled with a lifetime horror film based on actual events and real pieces of my life. So that makes it even more scarier. And for me, it's usually played out as pictures in my mind. I know some of us have the narrative of like, we can actually hear a voice in our head worrying. But for me, it's literally imagining all the things that could go wrong. And then it's followed by a sensation. Like, for example, I'll be worried about my health. Maybe I'm going to die soon. That is a constant worry. I am. Let's not talk about if it's real or not, but that's a worry. And then maybe I'll feel a tingle in my hands and I'll be like, oh my God, it's the big one. I'm having a stroke, you know, and it's laughable right now. But in the moment, it's so scary. And all of a sudden, I can't breathe. I'm hyperventilating, you know. It's sad, but I'm scaring myself. I think that's the most accurate way to put it. And it's usually, for me, the thought, then the symptom, then the reaction. So I've gotten to know my pattern of anxiety. And that has been helpful because it tells me where I need to stop. Usually, the goal is to stop before the thought. 
But if I can't make it there because I'm so fixated on this point, then I'll usually try to work on the sensation. And I'll be like, no, your hands is just tingling. Maybe it's falling asleep. Maybe it just needs a little circulation. You know, trying to break down the monster before it becomes a big monster. Because I don't know if anyone can relate. But to me, there's a certain point where my anxiety is so blown out of proportion, I can't stop it. No common sense, no deep breaths, no rationale will work. So I've got to kind of be proactive in that sense and get it before it becomes a tornado. So I am going to share some of the experiences and the things that I have learned that have helped me alleviate my anxiety. However, this is a disclaimer. I am not a therapist. I am not a doctor. I am not a trained medical professional. So please do not take what I say as gold. Please do not use it in replacement for whatever your doctor has given or suggested. I am simply a girl on my self-love journey and I'm sharing in the hopes that maybe it can support you. So thank you. First, I had to change the way I saw anxiety. I had to understand that its intentions were pure, but the alarm was misguided. Having that grace eliminated other cycles and helped me understand my triggers. For example, when having a panic attack, our first thoughts may be, this is ruining my life, it's frustrating, it's embarrassing, I just want to be normal. Changing that narrative to, Hey, little one, what's going on today? What do you need? Help center me and break away from the cycles of depression that usually followed after. I started to treat it like a fussy child who couldn't express or emotionally regulate and because of that wasn't able to understand true perceived danger. Furthermore, I had to present grace for the days when nothing works. Some days your anxiety just sucks and you can't find triggers and nothing you're doing is working. And those days are very hard. So give yourself love and grace on those days. Those are the days when you want to just cry, scream, and exist on another planet. On those days... I just let my little scared inner child, sorry, I just leave my little scared inner child alone. I don't do any self-soothing affirmations or deep breaths. Perhaps I just go to bed or push through it on those days because it has like an interesting, I don't know what to call it, but for me, I've learned with my anxiety, um, there's such thing as too much and too little It's a very fine line. I can easily agitate it when I'm trying to do more than I can. Like if you attack it head on every second before it even gets a chance to build. I feel like for me, my anxiety is like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You didn't know what I was going to do. Now I'm annoyed. You know, treat it like a child. Treat it with love and compassion. And some days you have to be brave enough to step back. 
another thing that has truly helped alleviate my anxiety is humor. Having a little bit of a dark humor, a witty humor. Humor is more than just words. It's actions. It's a physical movement. It's an exchange of lighter energy. So, for example, I always like to joke and say, my anxiety feels like an EDC concert. And I'll go around fist pumping and I'll go do, 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 do. So that people actually have a visual And yes, in the moment, it might be awkward, but finding funny ways to tease yourself really helps. You know, I can laugh at the fact that my IBS makes me run to the bathroom like a torpedo every five minutes. You know, we've got to find laughter. We've got to keep it light sometimes. Um, You know, I find that when I get into a deep sonder thought or if I'm in an existential angst and I start to worry about the future or see the world as I perceive it to really be, that's when my anxiety builds up. That's when those thoughts start to come and that's when the depression can set in as well. So, you know, always laughing, whatever it is for you. Another little joke I have is, for those of you who remember Beyonce's older songs, Ring the Alarm, um, I'll do that and I'll start dancing. And it's kind of like teasing my anxiety. I'll be like, ring the alarm. I've been through this too long. (laughs) If you know the song, you know the song. But these are just fun ways I make fun of the fact that I'm having an uncomfortable experience. And also, um, building a bond of trust within myself is critical. It's crucial. A lot of my anxiety comes from a lack of stability, from an environment that didn't, you know, serve me the way it said it would. A lot of broken trust, a lot of instability. So, you know, I've, I've kind of, what's the word called? I've kind of internalized it that's what it is and somehow along the way I've forgotten to trust me so building that trust with me is important if I say I'm going to do something I have to do it because I'm sending a true affirmation to myself that I believe in me even if it's simple even if it's small if I say I'm going to take a walk today I'm going to do it that's why I don't say it (laughs) you know but um my point is you've got to start building that trust within yourself going on new adventures challenging yourself remember your inner child is scared it's afraid it's following your example so you have to show it who you really are and soon it will lead All right, another piece of advice is debunking cognitive distortions. For me, I struggle with black and white thinking a lot. And I forgot what the other one is called, but pretty much, I think it's catastrophizing. I don't think I said that right. But pretty much, it's when you blow everything out of proportion. And I get that from my creative and imaginative side. Both a blessing and a curse. But nothing is ever, for me, danger is never perceived as it is. Um, You see a little squirrel. I see a big monster with crazed eyes. 
coming for nuts. <laughs> um, you know, all jokes aside, but you get what I'm saying. So I really work on those. And for black and white thinking, um, my therapist actually helped me with this one. He tells me, okay, what are other possibilities? And he makes and he challenges me to write at least other three other possibilities of what could happen in these worrisome events. Um, and the same thing for catastrophizing. I've pretty much learned through therapy that he, my therapist told me, you know, let's slow down. Let's make it smaller. Let's do the reverse of it. Um, what are all the good things that could happen in this situation? You know, can we see the future? He always challenges me. Is it going to turn out exactly how you see it? And I'm like, but it's factual. It's factual. If you don't have money, you can't pay for rent. And he was like, yeah, but could something else come up? Could someone step in and support you? Um, could you do this? Could you do that? He offers me other thoughts. And I really appreciate him for that. Shout out to my therapist. Another one is faith in God, people, and resources. But first, let me start with God and why I believe in God. I'm going to give you the short version because I don't want to run over time today. But um, having a belief in something, I don't care what it is for you, but having a belief in something higher than yourself, a deity, a divineness, the universe, whatever you choose to call it, helps you anchor to something that's more stable than, you know, the inconsistencies of the world. I always tell people to believe in something, find your religion, find what works for you, build your own truths and absolutes. For me, it's God. It's always going to be God because the way my life is set up doesn't make any scientific sense. It doesn't make any socioeconomic sense. Everything in life says I should fail. It says my family shouldn't be here. So that's when I'm like, I know there's a God. And I see him every day. I see him as love. I see him as nature. I see him in the kindness and the miracles around, you know, with people. So yes, that was my little spew. And believe in people, believe in resources. I know we're tainted. I know when we've gone through a lot, we tend to be jaded, but I still believe in people. I think people can be good. I think people can help. I do believe in resources. They're out there. Just look for it. There's a lot of free resources as well. You know, I just can't accept that there's nothing good that will ever happen. Because then I'm closing myself off to the possibility of healing. All right. So now I'm going to get into some recommendations of actual tools and resources that have helped me. Obviously, therapy. I'm always praising therapy. Find you a good therapist. Therapy has helped so much. Simply because it presents a new perspective that you probably have never thought of. It challenges you and it's an outside look so it's not biased or blinded by markers. So yes, therapy. But on YouTube, 
there's this guy called Jason Stefan. He does meditations. He does affirmations. Oh my goodness. He has put me to sleep on nights I thought I wouldn't get sleep. He's just... There are no words for the healer that this man is. So check out Jason Stefan on YouTube. Another guy on YouTube is called The Anxiety Guy. And all you have to do is type this in YouTube and these people will come up. And he's a guy who says he has been cured from anxiety and he had really severe bad anxiety. And he walks you through, he has so many um videos, maybe like over 300. So you can find your niche, you can find whatever you need. He just offers so much knowledge and wisdom, you know. Um, he's helped with great ways to look at anxiety, great ways to tackle it. He he is everything. And then, not my least, but the last, uh, <laughs> I said that backwards. Bear with me, I'm tired. <laughs> but not last or least, my favorite, Miles Carter or Chevenu Benjamin. Um, I think if you just type Miles Carter on YouTube, he is a young guy and he speaks for the youth. Amazing spirit, amazing poet. Um, I don't know how to describe him, but he's also another source of healing. I discovered his videos. I've had the pleasure of talking with him a few times. Um, everything he does is blessed. That's all I can say is just, yeah, go check him out, guys. And say hi for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, these are just some general tips. These are things that have helped me. I hope these resources will help you. Don't forget to take your deep breaths. Don't forget to meditate. And be kind to yourself along the way. Alright, and I have the question of the week. I heard your request. So much of you have given me feedback on this podcast. I appreciate you for sticking in on the earlier days. I can't wait for this to grow. So remember, I'm always open to constructive criticism. I love that you guys are telling me what you'd like to hear. Please continue to DM me. I try my best to always answer. So question of the day. Somebody said that they would like to know what I do for fun. <laughs> all right, well, first of all, I'm a grandma, and no offense to grandmas out there, I do realize that we have some fun, reckless, wild grandmas, but I'm more of a quiet, like, you know, stereotypical knitting, crocheting grandma type. Um, but anyway, what I like to do for fun is nature go for walks, go in the park, go to the beach. I'm always outside. I don't like being inside windows and doors and structure. Just yuck. <laughs> and that's something I'm working on. For excitement, hmm, I like to go to, this is going to sound really sad, but I like to go to Michael's. <laughs> that's like Disneyland for me. And for those of you who are like, what's Michael's? It's a huge um, art supply store. They have everything. It's amazing. It's like, wow, I have spent too much money there. <laughs> I like to shop, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, I like to socialize and talk to people. Um, I'm not a partier type person. 
Um, that was my old life, my past life. <laughs> I think I'm tired. That's the truth. My knees and back can't support that. Um, but no, I really need to stop talking. Like I'm super old. I'm 28, but yeah. Um, what else? What else do I like to do? I'm a foodie. I love food. I love trying new foods. Um, I love trying. Ooh, I'm adventurous when it comes to water stuff. So I like scuba diving. I would love to go kayaking. I haven't been in a while. Um, yeah, anything water related, I'm always down for. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. So I have a question that is linked to the Spotify um, podcast. So I hope you guys are able to see it. But the question pretty much is, what makes you feel safe? Is the idea of security real? So this is something I want you to ponder on for the week. You're more than welcome to answer it on Spotify. I really want us to be engaged. So please, please do that. Um, But again, the question is, what makes you feel safe? Is the idea of safety even real? And their worlds collide. They meet each other. And, you know, it's quite an adventure. That's all I can say. I don't want to give away too much, but it will be coming out hopefully by my birthday this year, December 18th. So I will be reading a little sample from my book, Floating, and I hope you'll support it when it comes out December. Put it on your Christmas list. All right, let's begin. The world's tilting, not like on its axis or cosmic obliquity, but like hope fading to winter's blackness. People aren't the same. Good is bad and feelings are dead often destroyed by the licking flames of irony and arson. We set our passions down because someone told us that what we feel isn't real, and now we wait to feel alive again, stuck in the eclipse and violence of their words. Bruised and hollow, we sink like drunken sunsets, falling into the last rays of the sun, hiding our bright gilded yellow, existing only in the deep wool of space. Dear reader, my name is Anna and my life is shit. However, life changes. It shifts positions, directions, and the laws of motion fall into displacement. Life has a rhythm. It's slow like the sounds of a deep breath. Yet it's fast as if we are running through time, quickly turning hours into days, as we careen down the highway of youth. So then we have to breathe. We must find our duality and seek life with vigor, passion, and unequivocal love. We must feel real. All I ask is that you hear me out, that this story means something to you. Just hold on for a moment longer. I promise it will be worth it. Don't you dare put down my story. I need you. I need you to understand. And that's a little sample of my book floating. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to my lovely sunbeams next week. 
I wish you guys a wonderful week. Thank you.